Welcome to Syria's Sit Down. When the cat's away, the mice will play. I am not Frank Cavello. Frank Cavello is out this week. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Uh, thank you for tuning back to Syria Sit Down, part of the World Football Index. Uh, I'm not going to do this alone. You're not going to hear me ramble on for uh, an hour here by myself. I have a very, very special guest on our show. Um, we're going to bring in another Milanista. You know, we have, usually have two Milanistas on the show, so since Frank's not here, we're going to bring in another one. Uh, we're bringing in VJ Rahman. Uh, he is a sports writer for Football Italia, SempreMilan.com, Breaking the Lines, World Football Index, Vavel. This guy writes everywhere, and he writes awesome articles. Please welcome to the show VJ, VJ, Benvenuto. Thanks for having me, Richard. How are you, man? Good, good, good. How so, so I'm I'm doing very well. It's a Sunday, you know. I wish we, you know, we both wish our team would have had a victory this weekend, but you know, it is what it is. I guess we're used to it this year. Um, tell the listeners where you're actually uh, where you where you located right now. Um, I'm located in Trinidad and Tobago, in the Caribbean. Ah, there you go. That explains the accent. I love it. <laughs> it's very recognizable, right? Yeah, I have a lot of friends from yeah. Trinidad and Tobago, so it's actually kind of funny. Uh, okay, so, okay. Great, so, great. Absolutely. So we're going to get right into this because uh, on this show we got a lot to talk about as far as uh, Serie A this week. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go run through all the scores, talk about the games. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. then gonna, we're then going to go ahead and uh, look back at the Champions League and Europa League from this past week and then preview the, actually the big game. Galeri Lazio tomorrow tomorrow night Monday night football, uh, but let's let's get right into it. VJ, no uh, no fluffer here. Uh, let's start. Let's, we'll go in chronological order. I'm gonna read all the scores first, and then we're gonna talk talk about the games. Uh, starting off sure. on um, with Brescia hosting Lecce, uh, scoring started in the 32nd minute. Chancellor with the goal, 44th minute goal of the week candidate Toro Grosso uh, makes it two nothing Brescia before halftime. And then coming in the second half, Spalik with another team goal, uh, goal of the week candidate in the 61st minute. Brescia win 3 nothing against Lecce. Uh, moving on, Napoli hosting Parma. It was uh, Gennaro Gattuso, who we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, he was making his debut for Napoli as manager. Uh, well, it did not start out very well. Koulibaly makes uh, an error of a play, leading to Kulishevsky goal four minutes in. Uh, not, not only do they go down one nothing, Koulibaly goes out injured. Uh, so things getting worse for Napoli. Um, Milik would eventually uh, equalize in the 64th minute in the second half, make it 1-1. Looked like we were going to a draw, but uh, one of the goal of the week candidates, uh, Gervinho, in fourth minute of stoppage time, gets the game winner, hands Gattuso a loss in his first game with Napoli. Not a way you want to start for your team there. Uh, then going to probably the goal of the, uh, the game of the weekend outside of tomorrow night, and that's Derby de la Lanterna, Genoa and Sampdoria. Always a spectacle uh, to watch. Um, this game had everything except for goals. Uh, there was one goal in this one, and it was a goal of the week candidate, Manolo Gabbiadini, in the 85th minute. He gets the winner in that one. Uh, going to the goal, probably the most goals we saw this weekend, it was uh, Hellas Verona hosting Torino. Uh, scoring started in the 36th minute. Goal of the week candidate, Ansaldi, uh, scored a blister of a goal. Beautiful team goal, making a one nothing Torino. Uh, Berenguer would get another goal, make it 2-0 in the 55th minute. Uh, Ansaldi would make it 3-0 in the 61st minute. It looked like Torino were in overdrive, uh, but then Torino, the, the true Torino sh- uh, face showed up. Uh, in the 69th minute, Pazzini scored on a penalty kick. Vere would cut it to 3-2 in the 76th. 
And then in the 84th minute, Mariusz Stupinski would make it 3-3. Uh, both teams take the points in that one. Moving on, uh, Bologna hosting Atalanta. Uh, Atalanta coming off of uh, Champions League successes uh, seemed to be in a little bit of a deflated mode because uh, scoring started with Bologna in the 12th minute. Palacio, goal of the week candidate, uh, a rocket of a shot by Orsolini off the post. He would get the rebound. Uh, then Poli would, uh, in the second half, extend the lead to 2-0 in the 53rd minute. Atlanta would peg one back through Malinovsky in the 60th minute, but that would not be enough. Uh, beautiful goal line clearance by Danilo late in the game on uh, Mustabaro. Uh, preserved the win for Bologna 2-1. to one. Uh, Then going on to the uh, Black and Whites versus the Black and Whites, <laughs> Juventus hosting Udinese. Uh, scoring started early with a uh, goal of the week candidate Cristiano Ronaldo in the 9th minute. Uh, he would follow that up with another goal of the week candidate uh, by Cristiano Ronaldo, thirty seventh minute. This guy's been on fire as of late. Four goals and four or five goals in the last uh, four games. So, um, Juve would make it three nothing at halftime with a goal by Bonucci in the forty fifth. Uh, but uh, Udinese would uh, try to score. They would be miserable at trying to do that. Uh, they would get one in stoppage time through Pusetto. It would be three one though. Juventus. Uh, Clearly had this game from uh, from the beginning to end. Uh, they went three to one, uh, temporarily jumped into first place. Uh, the game that we were both looking to, it's Milan against Sassuolo. This game was an interesting game. Milan dominated another game, but yet could fail to score um, scored when it actually mattered. Uh, zero zero was a, was the final on that one. We had a goal taken away. Uh, Teo Hernandez did a score a goal, but it was a, uh, ruled a handball by Frank Kessier. We will get to that a little bit here, and then um, Roma hosting Spal. Uh, Patania actually started the scoring in the forty fourth minute uh, through a penalty. Uh, Tomovic would uh, <laughs> score an own goal in the 53rd minute because he felt sorry for his team. Um, so it was 1-1 there. Perotti would get a penalty goal in the 66th minute, 2-1. And then Mkhitaryan would round it out with a with a tap-in goal to, for a 3-1 win for Roma. And then to round out this weekend, Fiorentina hosting Inter. Uh, the scoring started early with former Fiorentina man Valera. Borja Valera scoring in the 8th minute. Did not celebrate. Very classy gesture. Uh, looked like Inter were going to walk away with a win. Uh, had a couple goals taken away from them. Lukaku has offsides. Arturo Martinez, excuse me, scored the goal. Goal will be taken away. Uh, looked like Inter was going to walk away with a one nothing win. But uh, goal of the week candidate in the second minute just stoppage time. Dusan Vlahovic with the goal made it one one. Uh, steals the points from uh, Inter. Inter would though take the top of the table and with a one point uh, to jump back over Juventus. So VJ. Uh, lots of goals in this one. Uh, what game sticks out to you that you want to talk about first? Um, well, we could we could start with the the derby, Atlanta. You know, that's a that's a game I always look forward to every every, every season. It's so colorful, so passionate. The the choreography, the tifo is amazing. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I this this something I always I always say is that sometimes the the, the players on the pitch don't always match the TIFO in the stands. Uh, and I, I mean, that, you know, <laughs> but I mean, the, 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 the focus on the David and Antuna, to watch it, to me, it's, it's not always all about, all about the game. You have to at least join at least five minutes before to get the, the atmosphere, feel the vibe in the stadium, you know, with the, the, the choreography. And of course, with both teams playing the same stadium, you know, you know, like like a lot of derbies in, in Italy, it um, it, it it's an interesting atmosphere. It certainly was, and it always is one of the best atmospheres as far as derby goes in, in European football. 
unfortunately, like you said, sometimes the, the play on the pitch doesn't equal what happens in the stands. Um, this game, I thought it was due for a red card. I mean, this was very intense <laughs> game from the beginning. Fat, hard fouls all the way through. Uh, we did not see a red card in this one. Do you give credit to the referee for not giving them out, or do you think maybe a couple of them should have happened? Well, um, I, I I give the referee kudos for the way he handled it. Um, he recognizes Adabi, and he let certain things go. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, it was a it was a physical game, very very physical game, and what I, what people have to realize sometimes that with with players, players will suit their game according to how the referee referees the game. So in the earlys. If if a player makes a foul, let's say within the first five to ten minutes, and they might get a little warning, they they will they they they'll know how physical it can be. However, if a player makes the same foul with another referee and gets booked, now the players will be a little more cautious because they'll know okay, this referee doesn't like, doesn't take too kind to these types of physical challenges, so I have to be more cautious. However, if they get away with it within the first ten five to ten minutes. They, they are just their, their game to suit. So I, I think we have to kind of recognize. And remember, with this game now, it's not just a derby, but both teams at the start of it was 18 and 19 players. So both of them are fighting for their lives, are fighting for the serial lives. So it, it, no, no quarter acts, no quarter give up. It was certainly not only a big derby, like you said, but it was a relegation six-pointer, and, and, and um, Sampdoria walk away with the three points. Uh you know, Genoa have not been getting many points as late, but I think, you know, it's kind of looking at it like like we do with Milan. The team, the product has been better under Thiago Mota. I mean, they dominated possession this game. They dominated everything except for the fact of goals. Um, obviously, the, the late goal by Gabbiadini to, to win it. Uh, that was really their only, Sampdoria's only shot on target in the game, and they scored it. They were clinical on their one chance. <laughs> Genoa need to do better. What What do you think is the reason? Are they just having trouble scoring? Because it seems like they're doing everything else but scoring and, uh, under Thiago Mota. The team looks very confident on the ball, the possessing the ball like crazy. They they had like maybe at one point in this game 75% of the possession. So they're doing most things right except for scoring goals. What do you think is the, what do you think is the issue there? <sighs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um I think they need a clinical striker. I mean, let's let's also remember Panda was suspended for this game because yeah, of because. what happened last week versus versus Lecce. So had he been there, maybe one or two of the chances that they did create, even if it might have, might have been just half chances, he could have probably taken one. So he was missing. Pino Monti is a good young Italian striker. I I have a lot of faith in him that he can go far, but he lacks that experience. I mean, in a derby, he, they, they're going to target him, so he has to learn how to adjust to that. Um, so a clinical striker to me is the main thing for them, right? Um, as you said, the, the build-up is good, the possession is good, the passing is good, the movement between the lines is, is, is pretty decent. They just need that, that clinical striker up front. Again, as you say, that it seems to be that is that um, the play is good, it's just, it's just the lack of, lack of goals. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and also, I mean, Kwame... Is one of the quickest players. You know, he wasn't uh, available, so you know that that's a that's a dent in it so as well. So, Sampdoria do walk away with the three points, a much needed three points. But is this hide the fact that they're not playing still as well as they should be? Um, for most part of this game, they were being dominated against by Genoa. Uh, they just got lucked out when Gabidini came in and got that wonderful one-time goal. 
Um, does this win really mask their troubles that they really do have? No, I, I, I don't believe so. Um, the struggle is still there. They still need to pick up points. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing about, about the Derby is that um, I believe this is their fifth win in the last seven games. Yeah, I know. Um, in, in the Derby, and, and apparently when and when Genoa is actually the, the quote-unquote designated home team, um, they, they have been dominating since, since, since they came back up. So um, in terms of the Derby, I, I would say that they're, they're doing very well. So I'm, I'm just taking the Derby alone. They did very well. But overall, the overall play is is not is not up to stand. Not with the players they have. They have they have some good um, technical players. They have some players that can create in the final third. Obviously, they have they have Coglarella. They have Gabbiadini, both who, who could score goals. Um, but the midfield, um, the midfield creativity is is just not there as a, as it should, you know. And Claudio Ranieri is a manager. Uh, we all know he's he's a he's experienced. Head. He's he's been there, done that. He's old school. So I mean, he's gonna <laughs> stick with the, the four. You know, he's gonna stick with the four four two. He's not gonna go to like a four two three one or a, a four two two three one, whatever whatever the case may be. He's not gonna a four three three. You know, he's not gonna go to that. Um, he's not gonna play an expansive game. He's gonna be conservative. And as as we saw in the derby on Saturday nights. Um, Keep things tight at the back and try to get something up front, which they were fortunate to get, very, very fortunate to get. But I mean, so so, so the luck goes sometimes. And you're talking about um, managers who are stuck in their ways, old school managers. Uh, Ranieri, this is actually his fourth big derby in Italy. Uh, he's he's been on all four of the derbies, the big derbies. So we talk about the Milan derby, the uh, Derby de Torino, the Rome derby, and now the Derby de la Lanterna. So he's 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 managed in all four of those big derbies. So he knows what it takes to win in those games, and that's what Sampdoria did. So ultimately, that's what matters: the three points. Um, speaking of managers, there was a managerial change over the week uh, after Napoli qualified for the for the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Uh, surprise move, and, and uh, Napoli let go Carlo Ancelotti and brought in another Milan manager, former Milan <laughs> manager, Gennaro Gattuso. What is your initial instinct or initial reaction when you heard Gattuso was hired? Uh, I was sh- I was shocked. To be quite honest, um, the first the first name that came to mind, and I actually tweeted all this, and I, I I talked to a few people about it. The first name that came to my mind for a replacement for Ancelotti when it was clear that he was going to get the, the the pink slip was was Pochettino. Right, right. You know, um, you know he's out there. He he's experienced. He he they, they are in the Champions League. You know, he he plays a, a nice brand of football which the Napoli players are accustomed to. Um, because of you know previous years with with Sari, so you know the, the transition would not have been that not that that difficult. You know it, it it would have been smooth in my my humble opinion. Pochettino would have been the the right man, but um, as as is the case many times in in culture is that they tend to look at home for for managers. They don't really go abroad too often. It is very very rare that um, uh, clubs in Syria. Go for foreign managers, even even manage, even managers, even even guys who actually played for the club, they yeah, they yeah. still don't go for them. So they, they tend to look at home rather than abroad. But I I was shocked that they, they really went for for Gattuso. I mean um it's a great opportunity for Gattuso. I mean you're coaching a, a team of talented players, a team that is in Champions League, 
Um, so it's, it's a great opportunity for him, and I, I, I wish him, I wish him all the best. I, I understand from his perspective, he, he, I, I, that he would take the job, but I was, I was very surprised that they, they went for him. To be honest. I, I do too. And before I get my reaction, I want to jump on what you said there at the end about having you know, much better players and stuff like that. And I agree with you because during the telecast of the game, they kept saying like, oh, this is a good transition for, for um, Gattuso because, you know, Napoli are very similar to Milan and, you know, they got a good, they have a good center back, uh, like, uh, and, and Koulibaly like they did with Romagnoli. I'm like, oh, Koulibaly is a little bit better than Romagnoli, to be fair. Um, they said, yeah. they, you know, they said Piantic and, and Milik are same strikers. I'm like, Milik's a little bit more informed than Piantic at the moment. And, you know, overall, Napoli has better players, I think, than Milan. Milan, you know, we both love Milan, but I think, I think we can agree that Napoli have the better players. So this is a, a, a substantial upgrade. No, not maybe substantial, but a good upgrade, uh, from what he had before. So I'm curious, you know, he did very well with Milan in the past, uh, finishing fifth place last season. So, you know, having more talent now at his disposal, you knew in the first game it was going to be difficult for him, but overall, I think he should be able to right the ship. Now, with that said, my initial reaction, like you, I was in shock. Um, not not because Ancelotti was gone, but it was because they hired Gattuso. I was thinking the bigger name would come in uh, when they said Gattuso, and I, and I like Gattuso at all. But it was just uh, I was shocked to me to hear that. You know, I thought they would go for more someone who's been more uh, seasoned or has more uh, experience, especially in Champions League, um, than Gattuso. But hey, I mean, give the guy credit. Uh, as uh, we're, I was talking to Ken Freddy from Far From Vesuvius, a Napoli fan, he was saying, you know, the, the big thing about uh, or a big thing about Gattuso is he's not going to take bullshit from anybody. I mean, he's going to write that locker room. No one's going to no one's going to step up to him because he will headbutt them. You know, really, if they, <laughs> if they get in his face. So that is something that is that's something Napoli needs for sure. Um, a lot of these guys who are worried about you know staying at Napoli and maybe leaving, having someone who can who can write the locker room like Gattuso has, who Gattuso can. Um, he's been on winning locker rooms also before, so he knows how to. He knows what it takes in the locker room to do it. So, I think overall it'll be a, a good signing for Napoli. I'm curious, like you, how they're going to do. So it's interesting. Not the greatest of starts for them. Uh, Kulishevsky scores four minutes into the game. Jervinho yeah. scores at the end of the game. What? How do you? How do you grade overall the overall performance uh, from Napoli and Parma in this game? Um, well, as, as expected, Napoli press home. They, they try to take the game to Palmer. Um, Palmer scores the Avusa. He's very much on the counter-attacking, but quick counter-attacking. Because, as you said, Kulosevsky and Jovino, I mean, they, they, they are speedsters. You know, if they, if they, if they weren't footballers, yeah, they probably yeah. could have been 100-meter runners, you know. They, they, they are so quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, you really have someone like Jovino. Who, who could like was so quick? I mean, he he he. he the sets his team up to suit the players that he has. You know, he recognizes. Okay, we may not have like a a trequartista. We may not have like a deep line playmaker, but we have quick forwards. So if we keep things tight at the back, we can always get something going forward. We could have okay, like the the game winning goal. It, it ended up being like a two on two, and it was like a two on one. You know, so so that, that that's how we built. Um. In terms of Napoli, um, they, they did try, but they, there's obviously something missing there. I mean, we can go back to um, all the, the confusion with, I mean, with everybody. I mean, the, the president, the Ancelotti, the players, the fans, they were yeah. all, it seemed for like a, a roughly about a two to three week period, n- nobody could get along with each other. Everybody was arguing with each other. Everybody was uh, at each other's throats. So, I mean, it's, it's going to take some time. For those wounds, let's say to to heal, um, you know what? 
in terms of Gattuso, I what he can bring. Obviously, we know about his great and determination. But I mean, I I watched part of his press conference, and he he said yes, I bring great and determination. But he also said good football, you know. And you know, remember he he played under he played under Ancelotti, so he knows about good football. That that means he played a lot of good football, so he knows about trying to implement good football. And as we as we discussed, you know, they have a lot of good players. It's just a matter of implementing the tactics. Um, what I was what what I agreed with him doing is that he went back to the four three three because the yeah, players that yeah. Napoli have at their disposal it's suitable for the four three three, especially in senior. I mean, we all know in senior gets a lot of criticism from the fan he gets a lot of criticism from the fans and and just in general, you know, being a, a Neapolitan obviously it, it brings a lot of pressure, you know, and you know, it it so that that suits him. Um that system is better for him. Plus, you know, you have Calhoun and you the Right, so that that is the better thing because the the four four two, to me wasn't really working as well as no Angel. I know Angelotti tried to implement it, but that really didn't work out well. The four two three is the better system, in my humble opinion, for this this present squad. What yeah. will be interesting is what got what I I would love to know the meeting that De Laurentiis had with got too. So as respect to the Champions League, you now obviously. Obviously, top they want to get in the top four. That ties are given, right? They, they probably didn't even have to discuss that. Yeah. But I would really like to know what, if any, um, ADL told Gattuso about the Champions League. Did he say, um, okay, I, I know you're new. This is the first time you'll be in Champions League. I expect you to do X, Y, and I expect you to at, to at least get past the second round according to the draw. Or I expect you to at least put in a good performance, even if we go out. I, I would really... That, that, that's a... That's something I really, really, really like to Yeah, I'm curious how that conversation went too, because I feel like he probably would say, you know, hey, just don't get don't get embarrassed in the Champions League, but you need to make top four. That's that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> um, yeah. So I agree with you there. Yeah, I think going back to that four three three was the best thing to do, really, for Gattuso and Napoli. The players obviously looked uh, more comfortable playing like that. Yeah, they've had good possession and good play under Ancelotti, but it seemed like they were back to their normal, back to their uh, they feel like they're back to uh, like putting on an old glove that fits perfect, you know. Uh, they're like, okay, we know what to do now. Let's just let's just go out. And they they dominated possession of the game as they as they had in the past. Uh, they just couldn't score until uh, Milik uh, scored that beautiful goal. Uh, so yeah, I think it'll come. It just it's just a difficult game to play, you know. Uh, Gervinho is is uh, is a fast player. Has his Kulisevsky. Um, Napoli do have luckily a fast defender. Uh, Gervinho won play in the game where he was going on uh, on look like on a breakaway, and Manolo uh, Manolas caught him from behind and, and took the ball away, which is very impressive. He's probably the fastest defender in the league. So uh, you know, without without Koulibaly there, it was it was good to have Manolas there to save the save the game, or it could have been uh, a worse scoreline really for uh, for Gattuso in his first game. Uh, let's move on. To, let's look. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Not to, just to go about this for a second. Um, what what really affected Napoli? I think probably Napoli as well is that um, on the first goal, Kulabari got injured and he had to come off. So that that probably would have affected Gattuso's game plan a bit. You know? Oh yeah. But you know, some, sometimes Kulabari um, will bring the ball forward and he'll bring it to the midfielder. So without without him there, they didn't have that that outlet. You know, that that defender who could bring the ball forward. To start the attack, so that that I believe would have affected Gattuso's t- um, tactics a lot as well. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, that, that's not only did they score a goal, they lose their, probably their, their best player uh, right away. So that that hurts things. Uh, real quick before we move on, uh, the the penalty that uh, 
quote-unquote penalty where Zelensky goes down in the box. It, it ended up being a free kick for uh, Lorenzo Insigne. Did you think that was a first? Do you think there was a foul? And second, do you think it was a penalty? Um, it, it was. It was a. It was definitely a clip. But whether or not the defender was intentionally looking to clip Zelensky, um, that that is up for debate. Personally, I I don't believe so. But at the end of the day, if the defender gets that close to the the, the attacker, that there's contact. I mean, it is a foul. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, as the case may be. Um, but looking at the replays, it did look like he the the contact took place. Well, let me be specific. The contact from the Palmer defender to Zelensky was outside. But if you watch right. if you watch his body, when you watch his body, three quarters of his body was actually inside the box. <laughs> but his leg, which is the part of his body that got clipped, was actually outside the box. So that is an interesting. That, that is an interesting dynamic of, of how the VR um, VR w- w- was used there, but it, w- it it was outside the box, just just outside the box. Right, right. I, like yeah. for me, I, I I'm glad I'm not a VAR official because I had no. I, mean, <laughs> I watched it in live play, and and I thought I I didn't really see how the defender hit him. He probably did, and I'm sure he did. And if you're seeing it, I believe it too. So, but you know, when I'm watching live, it looked like this Zelensky tripped himself and he fell. Uh, but but I do agree with you. It happened outside of the box, so I'm glad yeah. no penalty was called there. It would have been unfair uh, for for the Parma fans, you know, for Parma team, really, for if that were to be called a penalty. But um, it was a uh, a good call nonetheless overall. So um, I want to talk about Torino real quick because you know they're on the road. They go up three nothing against Hellas Verona, a team that's not up. Oh, Hellas Verona is a very stout defensive team this season. <laughs> Not usually, but this year they are. Uh, they give up three goals right away. Torino's got a nice lead, but then they blow the lead to Hellas. I mean, if it was the other way around, if Hellas went up 3 nothing and then Torino came back, I could see that because Torino have some good players. But <laughs> the, the fact that it happened the other way around... Is this something this indicative of you know Mazzari losing his team? You know they're up three nothing against a team like Verona, uh, and they let they let them come back three goals in a matter of uh, fifteen minutes. <laughs> what do you make that, of that? That, that was our, that was our the most shocking event of uh, of the round so far. We still have oh, Monday yeah. night football tomorrow. You know for 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 that time because one thing with Mazzari, he 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 always has his team tactically switched on. He's always he's always backing orders out there. He's, we we all know his his infamous um, tapping of his watch. You know that 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 that. Anytime I think of Walter Mazzari, he first thing comes to my mind is him tapping his watch. And I think that is also an indication. There's players that hey, you know, look at the time as well. You know, um, but to, you know that uh, I have, to me, I just think it was just one of those things. I don't think it's really anything indicative of Mazzari or the team right now. I just think it's, it was just one of those things. And I mean, Verona, let's be honest, out of all three promoter teams, Verona, Lecce and Brescia, Verona have actually played the, better, the best football out of the three. Yeah. You know, and they are, they, they are the highest one up in the standings. I mean, um, so, you know, let's I'll rather, instead of saying, let's say, Torino, <laughs> I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say to give up a three goal here. Yeah? I mean, we all know that. But I, I, I would give Verona the credit here because they are at home and because they are playing so well. If they were, let's say, at the bottom of the table, and let's say this game was in, in Turin, I would have said, nah, something's definitely wrong here with Torino. But I'll give Verona the credit on this one. I, I would just say, in terms of Torino, I, I would say it's a one-off. I don't want to say 
it's it's a pattern that could possibly develop. I'll just I'll just say I'll just say as I want because it's water bazaar because it obviously has its teams very tactically switched on and very very concentrated, very very concentrated, especially especially back. And to be fair to Torino, the Bentagoli is a difficult place to play. And once they got that first goal in, the crowd, the stadium was really rocking. And uh, uh, once that third goal went in, that place was going nuts. So you know you got to give some credit to the stadium, the fans, and Hellas Verona's for coming back as well. So yeah, um, I, I, I think we could safely safely say that there's no league that is safe anymore in football. Oh yeah, seriously, no, there's not anymore. no league that is safe anymore. I mean, Trinil. I mean, you look at last year's Champions League. Look at how many comeback comebacks they were. You know, I mean, no, no, no leader safe. I mean, the, the the defendant I grew up on as a child of of the you know as a small child in the nineties and then in the two thousands that that is that is dead and gone and probably gone forever. <laughs> as we always say, this is not your father's Syria. Yes, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I had to say, Israeli is not my childhood Syria because yeah. <laughs> if a team even has a, a a one goal lead, it it is hard. A two goal lead is, is like ninety percent. A three goal lead is like okay, you might as well just start the bus and get put the, put half of the team on and get ready to go. It makes no yeah. sense. But but no, even a three nil lead is is not safe. So yeah, oh, <laughs> that is the truth. Um, a impressive win today or this weekend by Bologna, two-one win over Atalanta. Was this just a letdown game for Atalanta after their uh, their their I'm gonna call victory in Champions League this weekend, qualified to the knockout stages? Um, this, is this a letdown being on the road against Bologna um, or or what? I mean, Bologna, Bologna team is a, is a is a really good team. Um, they got some young players, some, some some sprightly players, and they got a poacher in Palacio uh, who always seems to just get goals no matter what the circumstance. So, um, what do you what do you attribute to the loss by Atalanta in this one, or do you give all the, full credit to Bologna for the win? Um, I, I I would go the, the latter. I, I, I would rather give the the credit to Bologna. I mean, they do play a, a nice style of football. They are at home. They have the likes of you know Orsolini, as you say, the poacher in. In, in Palacio, so I, I and then they they were under some pressure as well because you remember last weekend they 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 lost um, against Milan. They were dominated in that game, so they they needed to come out and show something. You know they have you know Sinisa Mihalovic is back on the bench, so I mean obviously he only came for the game against Milan. I believe he only came back to full train maybe two or three days before. So now for this game now against Atalanta, he would have had a full. A full week training, a full week to 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 develop the the tactics and bring back his philosophy to the team. So he had a full week. So I would rather give the the credit to Bologna. Having said that, too, with Atalanta, maybe they had a bit of a letdown from the Champions League. Hi, I mean, this is the first time. I mean, they 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 did, did some first. You know, the first time they in the Champions League. Um, they're the first team in the current format to lose their first three games and still qualify for the knockout. They did it away from home. They did it against a, a very good team in Shakhtar Donetsk. So, I mean, to to have that high. And then, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the videos when they came back to Bergamo. I mean, it, yeah. was, it, was, <laughs> it, was, awesome. it was absolute. It was absolutely bad. I mean, for, for qualifying out of the group, so you, could, could you imagine if they... I mean, it's it's like... Uh, but imagine if they could actually won the European Cup. I mean, oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, the the the, the, the mayor of Bogomo might, might might give a whole month vacation or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for qualifying, look look how look how the the, the the fans reacted, you know. I mean, I believe they had maybe five or six hundred fans in in Ukraine for the game. I went for the game. I mean, 
I, I can just imagine how those fans feel. And you know, they probably they probably party long into the night. They they would have come back to Bogomo probably mid morning, five, six, seven o'clock. I mean, in terms of hitting their bed, they probably couldn't even sleep that 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 Tuesday morning. So yeah. I mean, you know, then to get up for training and so it probably did have a a bit of effect. But I mean. Respect to Gasparini in that, in the press conference I saw, I saw uh, a part of the press conference. He he said there is no excuse, you know. Yes, the the, the Champions League qualification was great, but we we are back home now. We're back to league matters, and we need to take care of business because they they they, they want they want to they want to be in Champions League again. So you know he fair fair dues to, to Gasparini, you know. He, he could have easily came in the, to the press conference and said, well, you know, maybe we had a letdown, but we will do better next time, whatever. No, he, he came out and he was he was, he was on his place. He would say, there is, there's no excuse for, for any sort of letdown. This is a serial game now. There's a separate issue. It's another day. It's another game. We need to perform. And, you know, that, 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 that mentality of Gasparini is one of the reasons why Atalanta have done so well in last year's. I agree 100%. And some of the statistics that go to saying that Bologna deserves full credit. Uh, possession, they were you know, 60-40 in favor of Atalanta, but the shots were fairly even. Uh, 14 shots to 19 shots in favor of Atalanta. Shots on goal, 5 for Atalanta, 4 for Bologna. So it was a fairly, fairly even game. Uh, and uh, Bologna actually had 4 offsides versus 1 versus Atalanta. So Bologna were really pushing, pushing the trigger, uh, really trying to uh, give it to Atalanta so they get full credit for this one. Um, Battle of the Zebras, uh, Juventus win 3-1. to one. This is Cristiano Ronaldo really just getting back in form. Uh, he's been looking like a man on a mission as a, in the last month or so. Uh, just two wonderful goals by him. Uh, Udinese, or Udinese, Juve are really starting to come around now with uh, Sadi. It's, it's slowly coming to form now. Um, they're back tied atop of the league. Uh, but, yeah, they're looking good. Three, three beautiful goals in the first half uh, for them, and they win 3-1 easily. Yeah, and um, well, uh, uh, a lot has, has been made it is before the game and then post half, post game about um, the first time Sarri employed the baller Higuain Ronaldo at the same time, you know. And uh, ironically, um, I believe it would have been last week, probably the week before, he said that it is not possible to play three of them at the same time. I looked just what like ten. 10 days to two weeks later, he plays each of them at the same time. But if it was going to be a game for him to do that, it would have been at home to Udinese. So, I mean, it it, it worked really well. I mean, the first half, they complete, completely dominated. The two goals Ronaldo scored were really nice goals. The baller, where the shot at was deflected, Ronaldo hit it first time. And then Higuain, I mean, who Higuain is, is an, a, a setup man now. I mean, he set up Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, he, 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 I mean, that's not really something you, you, you associate with Higuain. He gets the ball, he distributes probably wide, he runs into the box probably for a, a shot or a header. But he, he, I mean, he, he collected the ball, he had a defender on him, he, he went past the defender, he, he looked up and almost like a tele- telepathic understanding, he passed the ball, Ronaldo hit it one time and, and, and they scored. So, you know, it, it, it will be interesting. Like I say, I mean, if, uh, it's the first time that Sarri employed the three of them at the, for, together that, that that started. And again, I would say that if it's a game to do it, it would be this game. But it will be interesting to see going forward if if he will continue with this or he will go back to dropping one of them and bringing back Budodeski or probably bringing back Douglas Costa, as the case may be. Um, it will be interesting to see 
if he will stick with the three of them up front or if he will revert back to what he used in the first few months of um, his reign there. Yeah, all along we thought uh, Paulo Dybala was a true trecartista on the team, but it looks like it's uh, Gonzalo Higuain. Uh, who knew, right? <laughs> be playmaker yeah, who knew? So, uh, yeah, Juventus rolling along, uh, tied for points now in the league. Um, a team who's struggling mightily is Spal. Uh, they put up no real, no real effort against uh, Roma. Roma walk away with fairly easy win in this one. Uh, Fat Man Patania scored a penalty early on, but... Uh, really, it was just all Roma, and Roma were bound to win in that one. So, And then lastly, uh, Vincenzo Montella can thank, uh, if he keeps his job, he can thank Pazza Inter uh, for letting them <laughs> off the hook. Um, Inter should have won this game handily, really. Uh, but Fiorentina, we were, you know, punching with him, you know, punch for punch against Inter. Uh, Inter had probably the better of the opportunities, goal scoring wise. But, uh, you know, Dusan Vlahovic uh, scores the, the the tying goal in stoppage time, uh, make a one-one. Um, still, overall, the season Fiorentina is playing uh, below, well below average, well below par. Uh, very disappointing this season. Um, do you think Vincenzo Montella is going to make it to the end of the season the way that Fiorentina is playing? Because they're they're underperforming, probably the worst out of any team in this league. <laughs> um, I I I seriously, I I I doubt I doubt he will make it to the end of the season. I mean, I know Camiso came out recently and said that he has faith in him. Although he was a bit more cautious with his words last week than he has been in the previous couple months. Um, but f- f- to me, Fiorentina, the, the, the main thing, I mean, obviously, Ribery got, got got injured with his ankle. He had a surgery yesterday. He's out for 10 weeks, I believe it is. So that's very unfortunate. Um, they, they, they are just missing a striker. I mean, the last couple of years, they had Giovanni Simeone. He's at Calgary now. He, he, he's doing well. I mean, um, I, was, I was very surprised when they, they let him go because, I mean, yes, they brought in Botang and they brought in Rivery, but neither of those are strikers. They have they have Vlaovic, which Montella, for whatever reason, sees as a player to come off the bench, not necessary to start. So, to me, they're, they're, they're play, their play, their build-up play is decent enough, but they are missing a striker. So, it, it, Montella has to make a decision. With Vlavic scoring this this goal, this very very important goal, a very very well taken goal, we have to say, is he going to put faith in this youngster as he's a central striker, or is he going to go back to, I guess we could call him two false nines because Kiesa is really a right wing, yeah. right winger, and Botang is really like an attacking midfielder. So technically, Fiorentina playing with two false nines, they not they don't have a striker. So with this goal now, and um, I don't know if you saw the the embrace. I mean, Montella, <laughs> <laughs> Vlavic, Vla- 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 like like he's his son who just graduated college, you know, <laughs> <laughs> after that goal. So I mean. He, Montella knows that Flavich just saved his job. So is he going to say, okay, yes, he is 19, yes, he's an experience, but with this goal, I think I should put some faith in him and and play him up front. If he plays, let's say he plays him up front um, as, a, as a nine and he plays Botang behind and he shifts Kiesa back to his regular right-wing position. To, to me, to my, my, my opinion, that is the better way to go for them because... <clears throat> 
Um, I mean, Anoki Issa and Riviri was building up a nice little combination when they were playing as technically quote unquote like false nines. But I, I personally don't think that's Kiesa's best position. His, his best position is as a right wing. That's where he plays for the Azuri, and he's he's done fantastically well there. That's where he's, he's played um, his whole career. So um, personally, I feel give. Um, Given his his, his the, the state of Fiorentina now and the desperate need for points and desperate need to score goals, despite the build up um, being decent enough, Montelas had switched to Vlavic as the nine, let Botan play behind him as the attacking midfield and shift Kiesa back to the right wing. That would be the better thing to, in, in my opinion, to get the to get the best out of the players he has available now until Rivery comes back. Um, I guess it'll be in early March. Yeah, to me, that's the better way to go for him. Hopefully Rocco Camiso is listening to this uh, this description here because I, I think you're right. I think that's the way they should play going forward, especially with Ribéry out for at least 10 weeks. So um, that is probably going to be the most offensive way and best way to use Chiesa for the best of his abilities, as you mentioned. Um, all right, so that's, uh, you know, we got one more game this week that's coming obviously tomorrow, but we'll get to that. Uh, top five goals of the week, uh, since you're our guest, what, what are your top five goals? Um, <laughs> well, I'll, the, the, any order, uh, any order, any order. Any other? All right. Well, um, well, well, Vlavic for Fiorentina, obviously. Uh, that 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 goal there it was just just so dramatic. The the second Ronaldo goal, um, Gabianini's goal in in the derby, obviously. Um, again, not not just not just the goal, but obviously the the situation. You know, some, sometimes sometimes a goal is not sometimes a goal is not just a goal. It's a goal because of the situation, right? Right. So that. Um, the the um, the Ansaldi as you said, as you are talking about the the Ansaldi goal um, for Torino that's what, how much are there four yes that's four yeah. um, all right here <laughs> better leave for the fifth hopefully we will get a, a great one tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully <laughs> um, let's see what what other goal I can I can say that that that's already four the, the four that oh oh um, I think we I think we talked about the the, the last the last Brescia goal. Um Spalek, oh, yes. did you call it? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, the team the team goal for Brescia. Yeah, that was a that that was a, that was a nice that was a nice team goal. That was a nice team goal. Yeah. So I guess we could say that 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 be my that be my top five. Yeah, my, my, oh, my, my, my get some nice ones somewhere. Oh, I hope there's not. I hope there's not a zero-zero game. Really, I mean, the oh, two, two teams who can score goals. Hopefully, we get some goals in that one. Um, my top five is pretty similar to yours. Um, first, with the honorable mentions. Uh, first, uh, um, the Dusan Vlahovic is actually makes my honorable mention. His equalizer versus Inter in stoppage time. Uh, Danilo with the goal line clearance on Musabaro to preserve Bologna's two-one victory over Atalanta is another honorable mention. Uh, Palacio, his goal. Uh, really, Orsolini with his shot off the post, and then uh, Palacio there as a poacher to put it away. That's an honorable mention for me. And then the last honorable mention, Gervinho, his winner against Napoli. Now my top five, Ronaldo, his second goal, uh, the beautiful pass by Iguain, and then the the first-time shot right in the goal with his left foot. That's number five. Number four, the team goal by Brescia. This one from Toro Grossa. Uh, his tap-in goal, Tonali with a long free kick. Goalkeeper doing, I don't know what the heck he's doing. Uh, Sabelli makes a beautiful save to keep from going out right to Toro Grosso, who uh, would score a tap-in goal. The third goal for me is also from Brescia, another team goal. Uh, this one scored by Spalak, the one you mentioned. That was just a lovely team play overall. 
uh, Ansaldi's first goal in the Torino matchup. Uh, that would make my number two. And number one, it's a Derby della Lanterna. Anytime a goal is scored, that's going to be in my top five. And Gabbiadini gets the winner late in that match in the 85th minute. That is my top five. Tell us what you thought at Syria Sit Down. Uh, do you agree with our top five? Do you have top five of your own? Let us know. All right, shifting gears now. We are going to talk Champions League. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there, but we're going to try to keep this quick. Um, some results from this past week. Uh, first, uh, Napoli uh, getting a convincing win, 4 nothing. Uh, Milik with a hat trick in that one. Uh, they they seal up their uh, progression to the next round. Uh, it helped that Liverpool beat Salzburg uh, two nothing. So Napoli move into move on to the second round or the knockout round, uh, finishing second in their group. Um, uh, Pazza Inter, Pazza Inter. All they had to do, they were playing Barcelona's B team, maybe their C team. All they had to do was get a win. You know, all all signs pointed that they were going to win. And, of course, uh, they lost that one. Um, a wonderful goal in the 23rd minute by Barcelona by Perez. Uh, make it one nothing. Lukaku would bring it back to make it 1-1 just before halftime. Uh, and then late in the match, the, the wonder kid Ansu Fati, he would get a goal in the 86th minute. Um, Barcelona went 2-1, knocking out um, Inter from Champions League. Uh, disappointing loss because Borussia Dortmund would win 2-1 against Slavia Prague. Uh, moving on to the Wednesday matchups, Atalanta, you know, we knew that, you know, going into this overall, especially after the first couple of games, you know, losing all those games pretty bad. Uh, they had very slim chances of progressing out of the round. Then we found out, you know, going into this match day that all they had to do was beat Shakhtar and hope Man City show up. Luckily for them, Man City won 4-1 against Dynamo Zagreb. Atalanta in Ukraine, in a difficult place to play in Donetsk, um, they would walk away three nothing victory victors there. Uh, you had goals from Castagna in the 66th minute, Pasalic in the 80th minute, and then Robin Olsen's in the 94th minute to seal the victory and the advancement into the knockout round for Atalanta. And then to wrap it all up, Juve doing what Juventus does, winning two nothing on the road against Bayer Leverkusen. So again, we have three teams moving on, but the big story, two two big stories, Inter doing what Inter does, uh, choking in, in the big spotlight, and then Atalanta with a miraculous, um, with all Serie A is proud of that they, they, they move on to the knockout rounds, uh, which is which is the bigger story for you, Inter doing what Inter does, new coach, same Inter, or Atalanta making uh, history and moving on to knockout rounds? I have to go with, with Atalanta. Uh, I thought I you were going to say Inter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, as you say, I mean, Pazza Inter. I mean, we, 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 we come across some of this. If you, if you follow Serie for even five years, you you know, they, they have the tendency to do these sort of things. So, yes, it's a big story that how they how they feel to qualify, but... If you, I mean, if you ask, you ask me the question, so if the, the bigger story, the biggest story out of the two is, is Atlanta. I mean, lost their first, lost their first three games. They, they lost pretty badly as well. I mean, became the first, first they in the first Champions League ever, first time a team in this format. Um, pre- previously, Newcastle United lost their first three games and still qualified, but that is when they were two group stages. With this, with this format where they're just one group stage, it's the first time a team lost their first three games and were able to make it through. So, 
and they did it away from home in a tough place like Donetsk. I mean, it, it, to, to go to Ukraine, or to go to Ukraine in mid-December and win is difficult for any team. But for a team like Atalanta in their first Champions League campaign, you know, it, it, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. I tip my hat, raise a glass, um, <laughs> cut the meat, whatever, whatever the description you want to um, describe for, for Atalanta's um, journey. I, I give Atalanta, I give Ladea full respect for 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 it because everybody wrote them up after those three losses. I mean, everybody. I, I, I uh, the only people who probably still believe that they could have qualified after losing those first three games were there were, were themselves. I don't think anybody else. You know, and and the fact that they not just did that they needed to beat um, Shakhtar, but they also needed Man City to win. Um, so I mean, you know, they, they they everything fell into place for them. So that that to me is the bigger story. But I mean, with Inter, I mean. From a Serie A perspective, that's so disappointing. I mean, and remember, this is the second year they did this, right? I mean, last year it was the same thing. All they needed to do last year as well was win at home to qualify. Same thing this year. They, they just needed to win at home to qualify. Yes, they were playing Barcelona, but they were playing Barcelona B and a half, B, B plus, or C minus. Well, no, not like B minus or C plus, whatever, whatever you want to say. They, right, so Lukaku, he, he scored the equalizer, fine. But then he, he missed a couple chances, you know, to, to put the game away. You know, I mean, they spent, what, upwards of 80 million euros for him and for him to perform in these type of games. And, I mean, in terms of Inter, I mean, when these said, two, two big games that they played this year so far to, to, to prove themselves that, you know, they are moving in the upward direction, they could compete for, for the titles and they, they feel to live at home. At, and both of them, interestingly enough, were at home, at home to Juve. Uh, for the Scudetto showdown, they lost and they were outplayed um, by Juve in that game. And again, last week at home to, to Barca and and they lost again, a Barca um, C-plus team. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, as you say, Pazza, it's a wiggle. <laughs> well, exactly. What are you going to do, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> new new stories, same same story, really. But yeah, the biggest story is obviously going to be Atalanta. Their fir- their first time progression uh, through the knockout rounds. A great story, really, for them overall, especially with the way they started. You know, so so much optimism with this team going into this this uh, Champions League season because we know how they play. Very attractive football. They started out very bad. Um, you know, some embarrassing losses. Uh, Look like people are asking why are they even Champions League. They're 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 making Serie A look bad, but they come back and, and come back with a vengeance and win on the final match day uh, to to seal their progression to the next round. So that's that's really an amazing story, and I think um, that is the best story really going for, the, the the biggest and the best story going for uh, Serie A at the moment is Atalanta progressing through to the Champions League, and then looking over to the Europa League, um, Lazio. We knew their their mission is simple: is you know. Focus on Syria and and Coppa Italia and that's it. Leave champion or leave Europa League out of it. They made no effort, uh, really. They lose two nothing uh, uh, in their matchup, um, and we kind of knew this was going to happen, really, because now they're within three. They're they're, they're within the within reach of the big dogs, you know, Inter and Juventus for the top of Scudetto. Who would have thought that going into this season? Uh, they're firmly in the in the top three right now, playing very well this season. So 
you know, it, it made sense that they were going to try to, you know, make, get their way out, knocked out of the tournament, and not worry about that. That way, they can focus on the on the Serie A and let the other two teams try to battle it out, and hopefully, they lose uh, some some concentration. Uh, Roma, they they move on. Uh, they they narrowly move on. Uh, it was an upset Istanbul Besiktas here. Uh, they would be they would be Gladbach. So Gladbach is knocked out. Um, but Roma, yeah, Roma moves on. So um, as we thought, four Serie A teams moved on. Uh, three from Champions League, one from Europa League. So uh, yeah, it's very very interesting week of the Champions League for sure. Um, the only thing that uh, really changed, the only thing that Milan fans we haven't seen uh, that kind of play, at least Champions League play in a long time, but. Uh, an old name, uh, I guess, sprung through the uh, rumor mill here uh, during this Champions League week, and that was uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, rumors about him coming to Milan in the January transfer window for free transfer. Uh, we'll see if that happens. But uh, uh, would you accept him if he came uh, came to Milan this uh, January with all the troubles with the strikers this year? Oh, of course. Of course, I would accept him. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is not just it is with 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 Ibra. It's not just about the goals or his ability to set up. I mean, if he if he rejoins Milan, it will it will lift the whole club. You understand? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know that 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 player, you know, lifts the whole club, and everybody, every everybody's game in my in my opinion could possibly raise. You know, I mean. So okay, like someone like Piontek. I mean, I, um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, media outlets, you know, predict. Let's say if if Ibra does rejoin, what the the, the lineup could be? Purely could go, probably go to a two striker system where we Piontek and and Ibra, and you know that might lift Piontek's game, might lift the, the midfield because they know they need to supply better balls and more precise penetrative balls to Ibra. You know, it will, to me, it will lift the whole team, it will lift the whole club, it will lift us as 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 fans. I mean, I don't, I, have, I haven't heard or seen any any Milan fan who's who's against it. Um, what what I will say though is that me personally, I'm not getting too excited about his return. Not 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 the return, but about the possibility of the return because I right. I, I don't want to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. You know, so I I am. I, I do, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even cautiously optimistic. I'm just cautious. <laughs> you understand? I'm just being cautious because um, let's remember this is this is Ibra, and he 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 he, lo- he loves himself. So we all we all know that we we love him, but we, he, we all know he, <laughs> he, he he loves himself a lot. And let's remember who is Adrian is the, the infamous Minorello. So Minorello is, is is I mean when it when it comes to Adrian he. For, for for a player he's probably best, but for a fan he's probably worse. So, you know, um, let's he, he's keeping his cards very close to his heart. So, um, yeah. But what I want to say is that um, I I I believe that Ibra has probably made a decision already, but he, he I guess he's waiting for the quote unquote right moment to do it. I know there were rumors last week that um, Boban had the had the hope that he would have. Confirm Ibra yesterday, which was Saturday, and presented him today for all the um, Passion One Twenty celebrations. Yeah. You know, obviously that didn't pan out. So it's um, I, I feel Ibra has probably made a decision already, but why he's waiting to to confirm it? Only he and his his agent knows. Um, so that that's why I'm I'm being cautious. I'm not getting I'm not getting too excited because. But I I will obviously I welcome it back because he could. He could do a lot, a, a, a lot for the, a lot for the team. 
Yeah. Initially, when I first heard this rumor back in September or whatever it was early in the season, I was against it because, you know, uh, one, it would probably, you know, uh, be a setback for Piontek's development and being a striker, but also the ego, you know, Ibra has a big ego. We know this, and would it cause harm to the locker room? But, you know, seeing how the season's panned out and where the real deficiency is as goal-scoring department, he would score goals for sure. Um, maybe it would be a substitute. I don't know if he could play a whole 90 minutes now at, at his age, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm for it. I'm definitely for the move. So let's, you know, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, you know, uh, so, so be it. But uh, I, would be, I would be welcome to see him uh, come to Milan. Um, okay, so let's, be, let's, let's wrap this puppy up and uh, let's preview the big game, Monday Night Football, Cagliari and Lazio. Cagliari is hosting on the island. Um, who you got in this game? It's going to be a tough game. Two teams who are serious contenders this year for European play, uh, Champions League play, really. Lazio are fantastic form, seven wins in a row. Uh, they are currently on the table. They are sitting um, six points behind both Juventus and Inter Milan with a game to play, obviously. Uh, and then Cagliari are no slouches themselves. They're sitting on 29 points, uh, just three points behind Roma. Uh, for the fourth league spot, so if they win, they would, uh, they would, they would jump over Roma. So, who do you got in this game? This is a tough game. Is this a draw yeah. written on it, or who do you, do you got a winner here? Well, it just with Calvary is that just like how uh, we 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 designate Atalanta as the, as the story of the Champions League, we have to say Calgary is the story of um, of Serie A. You know, I mean, who who knew that they they would have been so so good? I mean. Um, Nangalan came back. I mean, he, he he has been playing like a like a man possessed with a man to, with with something to prove. I mean, he left Roma. He went to Inter. It, it didn't really work out for whatever reason. Um, Conte didn't, didn't want him. Um, he's going back. I guess technically to, to his home. He calls at his home. You know. I mean, I know part of the reasons why part of the reason one of the reasons why he moved back to to Sardinia. Is for um, his wife, you know, for for her for for her health reasons. So, um, uh, yeah. So he, he has been a big part of that. What what I was saying for Calgary is that they have sh- they, they kept faith in Moran, and it, it, it has paid dividends. So it kind of goes to show that you know if you keep faith in a manager, you know, good good, good things can happen. Um, the the one or two new players that they brought in, you know, Giovanni Simeone again. We talked about earlier how. Um, Fiorentina let him go. He has performed decently with um, Cagliari, and um, yeah, they, they are the story of Serie. Um, in terms of Lazio, they, they are also a story. Well, well, the thing with Lazio is now that they have tro- basically thrown away Europa League, they are heading any, anything for for Lazio now. Given the path that they have taken, anything short of top four could be considered a failure for them. So. Um, they they have put all their eggs in the Champions League basket to qualify. So games like this are the ones that they will want to win, and they will need to win. So it'll be interesting how this game will go. I, if you ask me for a winner, I, I can't pick a winner. But if you ask me for a prediction, I I, I think I'll probably go with a, a two-two. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, it's a difficult game to pick. Um, you have obviously Latu who are in fantastic form, seven wins in a row in the league. Uh, Cagliari only one loss at home this season. They play really, really tough when they're at home, uh, bo- uh, bo- both home and away, but really especially when they're, in, they're at home in Sardinia, Sardinia Arena. So 
Yeah, I mean, initially, you know, last week uh, I wasn't on the podcast, but you know, I, I was, you know, seeing this on, on the horizon. I'm thinking, okay, Cali, they're home, they're they're gonna win it. But you know, as the week has gone on, my I've been wavering back and forth. Um, and it's a flip of a coin, really. I, I I like your prediction of two two. I think that's gonna that's a good scoreline. I think some goals are gonna happen in this one. I don't see a, an out and out outright winner. Uh, Lazio are are in good goal scoring form, but Cagliari are fantastic at home. So yeah, a draw two two for me. I am there with you. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Um, Maran, you know, if they make a European spot, whether Champions League or Europa League, he's manager of the year for me. Especially after what he went through with Kievo. Um I'm finishing the editing phases of my manager analysis on Maran. Uh, definitely check it out once it's out. Uh, but I go into depth about how really complex system that he he provides with uh, Cagliari and why they're not just an easy you know one one trick pony. They have many many uh, many situations that have a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D that they can attack you with, and it's difficult to defend against. But if anyone can do it, it's Lazio with their with their firepower up top. So um, it's going to be a very yeah, fantastic that, that, matchup. Yeah, that that front four for for Lazio with Polinka with Savic. Oh, they're playing so Luis well. Alberto, Luis Alberto, I believe, is the assistant in in, in Syria right now. Immobile, Korea. I mean, they oh. they, they, they are well oil machine. They yes, they yes. are a joy to watch. You have to you have to give credit. They are a joy to watch. And the fact is that they've been playing together now for for Korea um Korea um last year. So they they have a, a full year in. And they're starting to recognize each other's game. I mean, look at the their last um, league game against UV. Um, Luis Alberto picked up the ball. He had one look, and he saw SMS running. He didn't even have to think. He just threw to the ball. Goal. You understand? So they they the four of them have this this sort of this sort of chemistry, this sort of understanding up front. And then you have Lucas Leva, the veteran, the evergreen Brazilian, yeah. who is is keeping things tight in, in midfield. You know, protecting that back four. Um, playing the passes when he needs to. You have, you have um, a Chirby who, who has come back, come back in leaps and bounds, um, holding the defense together. You know he's back with the the, the Italy squad. You know um, a couple of months ago he scored, he scored a screamer. <laughs> who knew he had that in his locker? You know, so you know this this Lazio team. You know, and like I say, I mean they're putting all the eggs in one basket. The, the what I would say for Lazio is that they should be. A bit cautious with that because let's not forget that a couple years ago, um, Maurizio Sarri with Napoli, he did the same thing. He threw away the Champions League. Yep. He, they, he threw away the Europa League to focus. So he threw away the Coppa Italia. So out of a potential, out of potentially winning three trophies, something in Europe, the cup and the league, they won none because he, he I mean, he sacrificed. He technically sacrificed three competitions because they, he sacrificed the Champions League. They dropped down to Europa. He sacrificed the Europa, he sacrificed the Copa Italia to focus solely on his Scudetto and they, they came up short. So let's see if Simone and Zaghi could, um, I mean, they, 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 they did the same thing, they, they gave up the Europa League. Um, I don't see them giving up the Copa Italia though, because if you look at last year, they, they won it. So I, I think he will probably put a bit more focus on the Copa Italia, but the number one priority for them is obviously Champions League. The way they gave up, the Europa League is obviously that um, top four is their is their focus. So let's see. Um, Napoli did the same thing a couple of years ago on field. Let's see how it how it works for Lazio. If I were a betting man, I would think one of their top four guys there for Lazio would score will score tomorrow night. Um, they are a fun team to watch. So um, looking forward to that. 
All right. So that's going to wrap this one up, VJ. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. Um, I'm at Trini Sports Guy. Um, yeah, that's my Twitter handle. And what do you got going on right now, uh, whether it's writing articles or whatnot? What, what do you have coming out? What are you working on? Um, well, I have a, a couple a couple of things planned. Nothing, nothing too set um, right now, but I have a, a couple of ideas planned. Well, the, la- the last one you probably would have known is um, the article for SempreMilan.com where I wrote about the, in, in celebration of the Passion 120, I did an article about 10 significant moments in the club's history, um, which uh, going back right back from the start, um, I talked about, um, I, well, I, I mentioned the, how they came up with the colors, important players that they signed, important moments, um, first time they won the European Cup up until, up until now. That's my la- that was my last um, article, but I have a few ideas coming up for articles. You know, we're coming up to the end of the year, so I have a few articles coming up um, in terms of the football. Well, we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, your articles going to come out, they're always fantastic, so... Uh, make sure when when you when you release them, we're gonna share them like, share them like hell. So uh, you know, keep keep pumping out the good work, man. Uh, we really appreciate all the work you do. So uh, definitely love the stuff. Thanks, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for helping me also today on the podcast. Uh, and Frank Carvello's absence. Uh, Frank will be back next week. Uh, I was out last week. I was on a, on a trip to Texas. So I want to thank Jerry Mancini and Sabrina Belmonte for uh, filling in for my spot. They did marvelous. Uh, certainly putting my job on the line here. Uh, they, did, they did great work there. But uh, hey, now you're putting Frank's job on the line with your great job today, VJ. So thank you for helping me today. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I could never replace Frank. Frank is, Frank is a good one. <laughs> I, 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 I accept your praise, but I, 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 I reach that level. I don't think that uh, Frank is bad. Frank is bad. Hi, Frank. I clearly enjoy the city all of you. <laughs> you, you, you and Frank have a good combo. I, I enjoy. It. <laughs> no, no, hey, no. You, you, you and Frank are set. You don't have to worry about me taking any jokes. <laughs> Uh, as always, uh, we are part of the World Football Index. Make sure you go to worldfootballindex.com. Uh, not only check out our podcast, but the other podcasts on there, as well as all the articles. You think of any league, we are probably writing about it. Uh, we as in World Football Index. Uh, and VJ is part of that as well. So make sure you go there on the website. Check it out. As always, don't forget to uh, follow and subscribe to us on uh, Serial Sit Down at Twitter and Instagram. Go to our YouTube page, give a, give a watch to our videos, subscribe to there as well. Leave us comments. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, what do you want to see our videos on on YouTube? Let us know. Uh, how can we make our podcast better? We want to hear all the feedback. So uh, please let us know. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, for VJ, I'm Richard Carmen. You can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.